to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. If we haven't already met, uh, my name's Rachel. I'm a certified professional dog trainer. I own a Good Feeling Dog Training, which is based in Denver, Colorado, and I am the host of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. So welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Um, In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the PREMAC principle. Um, The PREMAC principle is like the eat your vegetables of dog training. So stay tuned for that. But before I talk about the PREMAC principle, I want to remind you about the uh, previous two episodes. So I did a 4th of July prep episode. So um, if you're celebrating the 4th of July and you're not sure how your dog is going to hang, that is a good listen. Lots of good information in there. And then the most recent episode of Disorderly Dogs is with my special guest, Josh, and we talk all about separation anxiety in dogs. So if you think your dog has separation anxiety or you know someone whose dog may have separation anxiety, please um, share that episode so that it can hopefully reach the people that need to hear it. Sound good? (laughs) So um, I'm just back. Um, I have my two dogs, Tiva and Waylon, and then I also have three boarding dogs for the week. So I just took all the dogs. There is a local dog park that has a pond in the middle, and we all just went there and the dogs partied so hard. It was awesome. They all ran like crazy lunatics. Waylon swam nonstop for like 45 minutes. And now they're all passed out at my feet. So people often ask like how I handle five dogs. I exercise them a lot, right? Dog parks definitely have a a place and a time. And when you're caring for five dogs, the dog park makes life a lot easier. So yeah, hopefully they won't make too much ruckus during this episode because they're all just passed out. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's talk about the PREMAC principle, okay? So if you don't already know, um, in operant conditioning, the PREMAC principle states that a commonly occurring action can be used effectively as a reinforcer for a less commonly occurred action. Does that make sense? Uh, If it doesn't make sense, don't worry. (laughs) We'll get there. So essentially what's happening is we're using a already reinforcing behavior to reinforce a less likely behavior. Okay, and this has so many uses in dog training. I mean, just like across the board for recalls, loose leash walking, impulse control, greetings. Um, PREMAC principle is something that I utilize in almost every dog training session. It's not appropriate for every single scenario, but I love it so very much. And one of the big reasons that I love it is because it it helps reframe the person's perspective on an unwanted behavior. 
So I get a lot of complaints from my clients about, um, you know, my dog won't stop chasing squirrels. My dog won't stop sniffing. My dog won't stop straining at the leash to greet other dogs or people. And what I want to help you do is see that the very unwanted behavior that you're so frustrated by, can you, you can use it. You can use it to your advantage to get better behavior that you do want to see more of. And I love that so much because I think it's so easy to get frustrated in dog training and it's very... It's, it's emotional for us, right? Like it's, we take it as a personal assault on who we are when our dogs won't respond. <laughs> I can commiserate with that, right? Like I'm getting much better at that these days, but yeah, like it can be super frustrating. So I want you to reframe the way you're looking at unwanted behavior and use it to your advantage to reinforce behavior you want to see more of, Okay. So when it comes to using the pre-MAC principle, setups, right, training setups are completely on you. You have to set up the environment so that you can systematically use the pre-MAC principle. Okay, this falls all on you. It's not the dog's responsibility. The dog is the learner. You are the teacher. So, you know, you got to take ownership of this and make sure that you set up scenarios that it can work. Okay, Um, I understand that life isn't perfect and, you know, we all have those oh shit moments, but I think to the best of your ability, set up scenarios where you can use the pre-MAC principle. Okay, so I want to give you some examples of the pre-MAC principle and how I use it to combat um, sometimes frustrating behavior. Okay, so um, Waylon is heavily, heavily reinforced by sniffing. I mean, more so than any dog I've ever owned. Like his motivations lie pretty solely in sniffing. Sniffing is insanely reinforcing to Waylon, okay? And I use that to my advantage. Sniffing has been a challenge in the walk at my side, loose leash walking department. We have the luxury of there is a park right behind our house that the dogs are allowed to be off leash at. So I use sniffing as that at the park as the reinforcer for the less likely behavior of walking at my side. Okay, so stick with me here. So um, we are getting close to the park. I get Waylon's attention and cue here. Here means walk at my side and keep your nose up, okay? I cue that behavior. He walks with me at my side until we get to the park and then I release him to go and sniff. So I'm using sniffing to reinforce the behavior of walking at my side until released. So that's just one example of how I'm using the pre-MAC principle to get more response to the less likely behavior of walking at my side. You with me? Um, Remember that the dog gets to choose what is reinforcing. You do not get to choose that. It's completely up to your learner what they find reinforcing. So the scenario that I just talked about with Waylon may not work in the same way for other dogs who are not as motivated by sniffing. Okay, so um, yeah, that's just one example. Okay, so let's dive into some other examples of the pre-MAC principle, shall we? Um, okay, so squirrel chasing. Um, 
I know it's frustrating for a lot of people and they wish that their dogs wouldn't chase squirrels, but ultimately dogs are going to chase squirrels. So let's reframe it and use that squirrel chasing to our advantage. Okay, so say I'm going to use squirrel chasing as the reinforcement for responding to the dog's name. First and foremost, I'm going to make sure that I set it up that there is enough space from the squirrel that the dog can actually respond. Okay, so again, the setups are completely on you. That's not on the dog. So you have to make sure that you're setting up these scenarios. And I realize that you can't control squirrels, but squirrels are very likely in trees and usually pretty consistently in the same trees. So you can use that to your advantage. Okay, so I'm approaching a tree with a squirrel in it. And say my dog needs like 15 feet to be able to focus. I stop at 15 feet. I say the dog's name. As soon as the dog turns and looks back at me, I release them and I run with them to the tree that the squirrel is in. Yeah? You with me? So I'm using squirrel chasing as the reinforcement for listening to their name. Yeah? It's not always perfect, right? And sometimes I don't think it's always like the cleanest training, but using squirrel chasing, using sniffing can be tremendous for improving response to names or the behavior of walking at your side. So yeah, I think, you know, try to let go of the frustration and really look at how can I use this to my advantage? Yeah? So let's talk about some other examples of when I think that the PREMAC principle can be really, really handy for reinforcing less likely behavior. So um, let's say that your dog loves to greet people. So you're out walking, the dog's on a leash, and they really like to greet people. And previously, the dog had been pulling frantically to get to the people. Okay, so in this scenario, all I'm looking for is a sit and then I'm going to reinforce with access to the people. Okay, so say I'm out walking and someone is coming towards us on the street. This is someone I know that wants to say hi to the dog. What I do is I stop. I ask the dog to sit. The dog sits. I release them. We go to the person. When we're going to the person, I am hustling with them to prevent the leash from being tight, okay? Because I want to reinforce calm behavior and probably down the line, I want to reinforce loose leash walking with greeting people, okay? So that's another example of how you can use the very frustrating behavior of always wanting to greet people to reinforce calm behavior, I'm telling you, it is profound. I have seen dogs' minds just completely blown. Absolutely completely blown. Like, I can go and say hi to this person. I can go and sniff. I can go and chase a squirrel now. Like, what do you mean, human? Um, I think it really improves the trust and understanding between the handler and the dog, too right? It doesn't always have to be this horrible power struggle of like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. Um, I don't know if you've ever been micromanaged before. Um, Before I was a dog trainer, I worked in the service industry. So I waited tables and I bartended. And I got to be honest, I had some managers that micromanaged and you know what it did to my performance? It diminished it. It made me feel awful to be constantly micromanaged. So I don't want to do that to my dogs right? There's obviously safety and stuff that we have to keep in mind, but 
to the best of my ability, I'm I'm trying not to micromanage my dog. And I think that the pre-MAC principle really helps me get there in a pretty great way, right? Um, so yeah, you know, the pre-MAC principle is the eat your vegetables of dog training, right? You want to go sniff over there? How about you walk at my side first, right? And you know, it's easy when I just talk about it in a podcast. I highly suggest you hire the help of a positive reinforcement trainer in your area. Um, I do offer remote consultations, so I'm happy to guide you that way too. Um, There's definitely some scenarios when the pre-MAC principle probably isn't super appropriate. Um, Waylon and Deer have kind of been, you know, a challenge. Um, when people say that they their dogs chase small prey, I'm like, oh, that's amazing because small prey goes into holes or goes up trees. Like, that's amazing. Waylon doesn't care about small prey. He cares about deer and deer run long distances, right? So I think, you know, that's good perspective too. If your dog is chasing like chipmunks and squirrels and that's frustrating you, that's much easier to train and use the pre-MAC principle than chasing deer. So, you know, <laughs> consider yourself lucky there. So, I'll give you an example of how I've been trying to use the act of like spelling and like tracking a deer as the pre-MAC principle. Okay, so we hike um, pretty consistently um, a similar trail every week. And this time of year, there are um, babies, right? Deer and elk have dropped their babies. So they're closer. They're like more central and like on the trails that we we do than they normally are. And the other day, I got the dogs out of the car and I noticed mama and the doe. And so did Waylon, and Waylon was on leash, right? So, um, you know, I prevented him from chasing in that scenario. So we got onto our hike, and we started hiking, and we were going up this hill. And I saw the deer run away from us, right? Like in the opposite direction. So I changed directions to create space from where I knew the deer were, and I put Waylon on the long leash, Yeah. So I created space. I knew the deer weren't close enough that he could like see them and like they would run and he would start to chase. Right. There was enough space that he could still smell them, but he wasn't going to get directly to them. And then I used the long leash as the safety net. Okay, so I put him on the long leash. I released him to sniff and explore. He's sniffing. He's exploring. He totally caught the scent of the deer. I said his name. He responded. I jackpotted with food and then I released him back to sniffing and tracking and then I just followed him with the long leash so he could sniff and track and explore. It's not perfect. It's not a perfect art form, but you know, sometimes the opportunity presents itself and I just go for it. In that context, I used food first as the reinforcement and then I used sniffing and tracking the deer as the secondary reinforcement right? Um, If you follow us on Instagram, I did post a victory video in our story. Um, Yeah, Waylon is a tracking dog. I had no idea that's what I was getting in an American Staffordshire Terrier. I should have known better. He's a terrier for goodness sakes. But um, yeah, so that's just like another example of how I'm using the pre-MAC principle. So getting creative, creative solutions is essential, in dog training, essential, right? So if you have a challenging behavior, I find it helpful to write down what the behavior is, kind of like in the middle of a piece of paper and write like, you know, in a circle around it, options for training, 
right? Um, my options are always including, um, you know, how can I set it up so there's a behavior that I can reinforce? How can I manage the situation? Um, what kind of reinforcement can I have? Um, so yeah, I think, you know, if you're facing a challenging behavior problem, write it down and try and kind of write out some creative solutions. And like I said before, if you need help, reach out. Us positive reinforcement trainers, it brings us a lot of joy to meet and connect with such wonderful pet parents and help them improve their relationship with their dog and have really nicely trained behaviors as a byproduct of that. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen of the internet, I hope that this episode was helpful. If you have questions, comments, or concerns about the Premac principle, hey, send me a DM on Instagram. If we haven't already connected on Instagram, I would love to connect over there at a good feeling underscore NCO. Um, following dog accounts is seriously just my fave. Seriously, like watching these dogs live their best lives. I love it. Um, if you'd like to follow around along on Wayland's journeys, oh, you know I have an Instagram for Wayland. You know I do. I'm that dog mom. You can follow him at Wayland the Amstaff. Um, I post all kinds of agility videos and hiking pictures. Um, for those of you who are new, um, Waylon wears a GPS tracking collar. There is no shock fun- function. I get a lot of worry about that. Don't worry, guys. I know it looks like a shock collar, but it isn't. It's just a tracking device that's a safety net in case he does take off after a deer, which hasn't happened recently because I'm managing and training super duper hard, but yay for safety nets. And it's also a safety net for me because it has an emergency function on the handheld. So yeah, there you have it. Um, If you feel so inclined, I would be super grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. You just got to scroll down and there's a button. You just click write a review and you can leave your opinion on disorderly dogs. If you like this episode, please feel free to take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Um, And please feel free to share this episode with your friends with dogs who could maybe use this message. Um, I am recording this on July 3rd. Hopefully you guys will hear this on July 5th. So happy Independence Day, um, USA people. Stay safe. Have fun. Make sure that your dogs feel safe and comfortable. Um, And like I said, listen to the episode on 4th of July for tips and tricks for surviving the fireworks. Uh, As always, I am looking forward to the next episode. Do you want to be able to trust your dog off leash? Do you want to improve your relationship with your dog? A dog with a trustworthy recall gets way more opportunities to adventure and be a dog. Let's be honest, having a dog that doesn't come when called really kind of sucks. So, do you want to make your life easier? Do you want to learn how to train a trustworthy recall? Do you have 10 minutes a day to devote to training for just 30 days? Check out my online course, Trustworthy Recalls. I give you step-by-step instructions for teaching a trustworthy recall with just 10 minutes a day for 30 days. You can learn more about trustworthy recalls at agfdogtraining.com. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co 
You can also find us on Facebook at A Good Feeling Dog Training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com. Thank <laughs> you.